This is the John Oakley Show podcast. As I say, a great day for talk radio, uh, since so much of the conversation is being spurred forward by this whole thing to do with SNC-Lavalin, although there are other topics worthy of discussion, and that's our panel coming up an hour from now. Uh, however, I wanted to get back to the issue at hand, and Lisa Ray has joined us on the line, the Deputy Leader of the Opposition, the MP for Milton, and also a member of the Justice Committee, uh, who I think acquitted herself rather admirably yesterday. So I want to start on that premise. Hi, Lisa. Lisa Raitt? Is Lisa Raitt with us? I'm right here. Can there you are. Okay, I've got contact with you now. I appreciate you joining us here. Uh, and, I can hear you. Thank you very much for saying nice things. Well, uh, and you know, deservedly so. By the way, uh, first off then, uh, your reaction to Justin Trudeau's presser this morning. So he didn't really help the matter at all. He did one thing, though, John. He did admit to the fact that he knew on September 17th that the attorney general had decided that she was not going to uh, ask the director of public prosecutions to not prosecute SNC-Lavalin. So he knew it. The clerk of the Privy Council knew it. And he knew as well because she told him that she wasn't going to change her mind. And yet after that flowed all of this interference and the attempts to try to make her change her mind. So we now have his admission that he did that. And uh, it's for Canadians now to understand the depth of it. Well, all right. And how do you perceive the depth of it? I mean, it's being described as, uh, in its most extreme, uh, political interference in a criminal prosecution, which I think is kind of the definition of obstruction, according to the Criminal Code, Section 139. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And that's why we, as conservatives, uh, asked the RCMP to take a look at this. I think the biggest fear I have is what had this what happened this morning, which is the prime minister trying to chalk this up to some communications failure or a teachable moment that we all need to learn from because they broke the rules. And the reality is that there's nothing more sacred than making sure that your politicians can't tell your Crown prosecutors who to prosecute and who not to prosecute. And at the end of the day, when you hear them talk about the jobs or you hear them talk about how much time she took to make her decision or all the concerns, all they're doing is seeking to give you excuses why they believe it's okay for politicians to tell Crown prosecutors whether or not to prosecute. And in our world, you're not allowed to do that. That's the foundation of our law. That's the foundation of our principles. So any excuses they have, they don't fly for me. So we need to have public inquiry. We need to have an RCMP investigation. And it is so serious that Andrew Scheer has asked the Prime Minister to step aside because he's lost moral authority to govern. Lisa, what, what is the distinction between a public inquiry and an RCMP investigation? Very different. Um, the RCMP investigation would happen with the, obviously, the RCMP, and they would, they would call witnesses uh, to them. They would go and interview witnesses, and they would determine whether or not they had enough evidence or witness uh, testimony to go ahead. That includes emails and texts, by the way, to go ahead and lay charges like the one that you mentioned about obstruction of justice or the intimidation of uh, a judicial officer, which would be uh, something else that could happen. The public inquiry is different. That is about shedding light on the issue, and usually what happens out of a public inquiry is you'd have recommendations. One of the recommendations could be that the RCMP pursue charges against individuals in the matter. But what a public inquiry does do is it's all open. Everybody gets to see all the documents. Everybody gets to see all the testimony. And we, as well, get an ability to have this conversation that the Prime Minister wants to seem to have, which is what is acceptable in the country in terms of political pressure in a judicial forum. And it's more than just having his hand-picked 
um, experts come in to help him out. It's about if he thinks that we should have an expert take a look at what he did was wrong or right, then it should be under a public inquiry that's not part of his office and that he does not have control over. Kind of like Gomery about 15 years or so ago. It is. Charbonneau in Quebec is the more recent example of it. And it is, it's an important tool that we have in, in our culture to determine whether or not somebody has done something inappropriately and to shed light on the whole matter. Again, with Lisa Wright, Deputy Leader of the Opposition. So what outstanding matters are left unresolved here to your mind? A lot, actually. Um, We still need to hear from Jody Wilson-Raybould, and in fact, we have requested an emergency meeting of the Justice Committee for next week to immediately sit down and figure out whether or not Jody Wilson-Raybould is going to come in and testify again, because obviously, since we've heard from Mr. Butts, Mr. Wernick, and as well the Prime Minister, there are some gaps and holes that we want to fill in. But more importantly, the Prime Minister and Jerry Butts addressed matters that Jody Wilson-Raybould told us she was prohibited from speaking to us about. So how can you have it that these two gentlemen get to speak their stories on the dates that happened after January 14th, and Jody Wilson-Raybould cannot? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Uh, I mean, she's still sworn to this solicitor-client privilege that is not being waived because there might be the so-called unintended consequences or a prosecution. That ship has now sailed. Uh, I don't understand why the gag order. Neither do I, um, but it's all about controlling this issue and controlling the communications around the issue. Give you a great example. Yesterday during committee, after we learned um, that Jerry Butts said that he couldn't believe that any members of his staff would try to tell the Attorney General to go and get a second opinion or interfere or say that this was for political reasons, we asked him to produce every text, every email, every conversation that he had in order for us to be able to judge from the communications going back and forth. The majority of the Liberals on the committee voted that down. They don't want to see the testimony and they don't want to see the evidence. So for me, the issue with uh, what's going on there is that they're, they're controlling what witnesses we hear from, what they're allowed to talk about, and how much information we can actually get from them. That came off uh, as so self-serving. I mean, when the vote was five to four, it was like, you know, the fix was in. <laughs> Needless to say, they weren't going to break party ranks and they had the majority. But you're right, trying to secure these internal communications and Jerry Butts' cell phone, it sort of, it reminded me of the situation in Ontario and the gas plant scandal and trying to secure those uh, deleted yeah. emails. I mean, it was almost eerily familiar. And, and then no Jody Wilson rebuttal as well. They voted that down. That's right. They voted down that we weren't going to bring her in. So now we're going to have a full emergency meeting dedicated to that one question, whether or not she can come in. Because after the prime minister's discussion today, certainly we need to hear from Jody Wilson-Raybould. Both Jerry Butts and the prime minister essentially said that Jody Wilson-Raybould did not tell the truth in her testimony. That's what they said today. That's the only conclusion that you could draw from what they said to the Canadians. So we need to have Jody Wilson-Raybould in to be able to rebut their assertion. By the way, uh, why was Jerry Butts not under oath? The committee decided that they didn't need to put anybody under oath. They believe that there's enough power of the committee. Um, But our point of view is, you know, when you testify before the committee, anything that happened there cannot be utilized in a court of law of outside. So having you under oath adds to the, the value of the testimony, because if you perjure yourself, 
you can bring criminal co-prosecution your way or contempt of court. But now it's just parliamentary procedure, and we all know what happens when there's a problem in Parliament. When you have a liberal majority, they forgive themselves. This narrative of protecting jobs, the Prime Minister was as emphatic as Jerry Butts yesterday. I mean, this almost became a mantra, and they're trying to hypnotize us, I guess, uh, by convincing us that really was at the root of it, and therefore, you know, it's something that's unassailable as an excuse or as exculpatory. But I drilled back down on political interference in a criminal prosecution. Uh, Lest we lose sight of that, you think this jobs thing is all just window dressing or something to distract? I think it's an excuse that they've come up with after the fact. Um, Certainly, I would believe that SNC-Lavalin was telling them that they were going to have problems with jobs associated with their company if they were to lose business. And that's something that companies tell you all the time, to be honest, John. That is probably the number one complaint that companies have when they're dealing with any kinds of policy changes in the Canadian government or the Canadian sphere. But more to the point... They didn't do their own due diligence. Elizabeth May asked Mr. Butts very clearly, upon what evidence are you basing your contention that there are 9,000 jobs that are going to be lost? And he didn't have a response. (laughs) And when the Prime Minister was asked that question this morning, he said, well, we had a variety of sources. But then the only source that he provided was the the fact that SNC-Lavalin said that they were going to lose 9,000 jobs. So it's a convenient excuse for them to hide behind when the reality is they were worried about losing votes in Quebec. The Prime Minister said it himself. The people who work for the PMO said it themselves to Jody Wilson-Raybould, and that's what caused the red flag to go up for her. And she said to her staff from September on, make notes of everything that's happening on this case, because I think we're going to need it. Certainly seems like things have been amped up, uh, or at least the ante has been up, as uh, the Prime Minister speaking today uh, might have moved the needle, but in the other direction. It's always a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks so much for your time and your explanations this afternoon. Always a pleasure for me too, John. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you, Lisa Raitt, Deputy Leader of the Opposition. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.